Welcome to Fair Game Episode 2. Today we're actually going to go outside the studio and onto the driving range while Adam and his longtime coach, Brad Malone, work through a ball hitting session. I'll be there with them to ask some questions along the way, but this is a rare chance for you to hear how one of the best ball strikers in the game keeps his rhythm. Enjoy. So Brad, we're now two weeks and one day away from tee off at Augusta. Uh, how do you think about preparing for that tournament or a tournament like the Masters versus, a, say, a normal tournament? Well, you know, Adam's got great experience. He's won there before. You know, we've been working together now for a good few years and we've, we've got the recipe in terms of, okay, Adam likes a couple of weeks off before majors. He likes the quietness. We're two weeks out, as you say. You know, the first week here we are, and, and we're going to be going over the basics, his fundamentals. Ad, I mean, you know, what are the things for you that you find stand out in, in, in that with your fundamentals? Yeah, it's a huge part of my game. I mean, everyone, of course, comments on how nice my swing looks, but it really is the basic fundamentals for me that make it look good or make it perform well, at least. Uh, grip, we've, we keep it fairly neutral, I would say. It's neither strong nor weak, and the posture is key as well. And that's really hard for me to manage when Brad's not around. So these two weeks preparation, that's really important. I mean, we go there first and Brad says, grip looks good, ball position looks good, posture looks good, and then get swinging and, and then just see how the body gets moving. and he'll make comment then if he thinks it's a bit this way or a bit that way. Um, but I really like the two weeks lead-in to be on our own schedule. We have time now to really prepare ourselves physically with any changes or um, repetition we want to put in on any part of the game. And also, you know, just getting my head ready as well for what's to come at the Masters. I think, I think one of the keys is, you know, starting with where we want to end up. So come Thursday, the week of Augusta, Adam needs to be in a place where he's playing golf. You know, he's not thinking golf swing. He's just letting the athlete go, play golf, play like you're a kid. Let all the preparation that you've done be in the bank and come out. And so how do we get to that point? And, and that starts this couple of weeks out going over the basic, yes, there's some conscious thought at this point, you know, you are having to possibly make some adjustments, make some uncomfortable changes um, because you get into bad habits on the road. When you're playing and like, like with every, every golfer, you, you, you have your set of tendencies that you fall back into and, and Adam's the same as that. For him, the grip, the left hand, sometimes it can get strong and the ball position can, can roll back and, and that then has a knock-on effect throughout the swing. Um, we definitely don't want to be playing around with the grip and, and any significant ball position changes the week of Augusta. So <laughs> two weeks out, let's uh, assess where it's at and, and build, build on it from there and, and you know, come next week, what, you know, what do you feel our general one week out from Augusta mindset? Yeah, yeah I think we're kind of making sure everything's pretty neutral this week and just going through the bag. I think generally at the moment we're looking for me to kind of favour hitting it straight to fade. That's a good theme for me as I practice, definitely. So when we're here on the range the next week, 
everything hopefully is kind of straight to fade ball flight. What usually happens then when I get out under the pressure, a few of my tendencies kick in and hopefully it stays there, but it, it certainly starts straightening and, and likes to start drawing uh, sometimes. So we, we kind of keep it moving one way here now and then hopefully it won't move too far the other way. And is that just ad adrenaline from, from the, the environment or what, what is that? Yeah, it is. It's kind of, uh, you know, this is a very different circumstance standing here, just hitting a bunch of balls that has zero consequence to plotting your way around the Masters where every shot has an extreme consequence. You don't get a do-over on any of them. And there's so much trouble happening everywhere. And the day when you're not feeling perfect you know, you'll do whatever you have to just to get it down there where you know it's not going to be in trouble. And sometimes that can have a negative effect if you haven't already counted that in. And I think that's kind of what we do. Obviously, I think I can go out there and execute very well with two weeks preparation, but we know my natural tendencies and what my kind of instincts are. Yeah, so what, un under pressure, what he'll revert to and you know, for me as a coach, working with Adam is having, you know, a lot of respect on it, how good of an athlete he is, how, how good he is when he's just freewheeling it, not overthinking it. And it's very easy in golf with a stationary ball to, to analyze and think a lot. And, and you know, here we are in a te technology sort of world and with TrackMan and, um, you know, a lot Data of these. Data everywhere. You, you, you can get, you can go down a path there that you, you can clog your mind. So, you know, we've kept things very, I would say, simple over the years. Um, so you, you're not bracing out there with all the, uh, <laughs> the equipment uh, and all the data everywhere? Not every, not every day. I, I, I think that there's, it definitely has a place. What I do like about having, uh, you know, a, a, a baseline check is, is exactly that, is that you, you know, okay, on this given day at this time, this is where my swing was being recorded on, on track mail, let's right. say, or... You and know, what I, that produced. Yeah, what that you know, produced Just so you have time. some basis to compare, like even to seven years ago, if you want, right. whether that's relevant or not, but... So will you do that before you get to Augusta? Will you get on a track man in the next few weeks? And, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think we'll, you know, probably have a day where we just have it sat down. And, and just recording some numbers, and then we can we can look over old video, which you know, because we've been working together now for such a long time that you know it's amazing. The small adjustments over time, you might not see it necessarily on a camera, but you know you can see it over a longer period. Generally, the less I know, the better. I think is what Brad's kind of saying, even down to for the longest time I never saw my golf swing and I think you think that has a good impact on me, it's the worst thing to probably analyse your own swing. Why is that? It's like this perfectionist yeah. thing and I think it's a trait of a lot of athletes, certainly a lot of golf pros, always looking for better and which is a good thing too because that's why we work hard and try and get better but it can also be detrimental when you're looking at something and it's the smallest bit off and then you ch try and change that but it changes another thing at least with me and you know I haven't looked at my golf swing for two weeks at this point yeah. uh, which is doesn't sound like a lot but 
it's gotten better in that two weeks without me looking. So I think he'll probably not let me look at my swing much over the next weeks. And when we get the track man out, it's not really relevant to me what those numbers say. It's more relevant to Brad so he has a baseline for the future or the next week when we're at the Masters, just in case. Yeah, it is. It, it is it's a really interesting balance, I think, uh, when you're working with an athlete um, and their personalities. You know, some, I think, the more information it can be comforting. You know, I like, I think, you know, Adam is, is very good at just a react, react to, this, to the environment and, uh, and let your natural talent take over. And, and you know, so for me, I know if, if his swing can be within a set of parameters, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to not be bad. You know, it just needs to be sitting there knowing, okay, if we've got a neutral, neutral grip and if the ball position's in, in a good place and he's standing to it well, it's, it's actually harder for him to swing poorly. Um, it's, it's, it's an easy way of swinging good, and he does. And, and the thing is, I, you know, it is nice to see him focusing on the golf ball, on the strike, and, and not being overly concerned with where's the position here. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you've got a lot of different moves out there, and they're all very effective at times. And I think it's interesting with, with Adam because naturally he swings the club uh, technically very well and, and uh, aesthetically well and so he has that thing people say oh gosh what a, what a great swing and it is you know it, it's very orthodox but it's not something necessarily I think he's, he's tried to swing it like over the years it, it's just the way he naturally swings the club. Right. And let me assure you, there are certainly days where it doesn't feel like a nice swing. <laughs> that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. you know, when golf's a hard game and when it's not your day, it's, it's hard work out there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you fall in that trap of that, you have those days and you go look at your swing and you think you're going to find the key, but it generally doesn't work that way for me. I mean, I think the best example probably is for four years, I basically didn't look at a golf swing. I mean, Brad might show me a position like, oh, it's looking good, just so you know. You know, yeah. you look like this and you go, oh, that looks good. And what, but what years were those? Probably from 11, 12, 13, 14, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And those were good years you me. could say they were my best years and I basically didn't look at my swing. I mean, I think that's why Brad and I work well together. I have a complete trust in his eyes yeah. and that he doesn't need to even reassure me he's doing the right job with showing me the swing just to go but occasionally the confidence is good for me he knows mm -hmm. me well and he knows when to give me that little injection of confidence i need too even if it's kind of a bit scratchy out here don't worry it's going to fall you know we've got the time it's going to fall into a good place right yeah in, in in past conversations you've talked about and other folks that i know have talked about kind of peaking at the right time and so there are, say, I don't know, say 20, 25 guys that any weekend could win a major tournament, the guys that we all know, obviously Adam included. What, what does it take to get to a point where, okay, you're, you're in the running versus you are really leading the field or have a chance to, to really win this thing? And can you feel that ahead of time? Well, it's, it's not easy to peak in golf, I think. I mean, it's easy to play well and perform well. Um, somewhat consistently. I mean, generally over my whole career, I've played consistently well, but to peak, I mean, I've played 80 majors, maybe I've won one. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to peak every time there's a major and there are four a year. So it's, it's not that easy and Tiger in our era is the best and he's played at least that many and he won 14. Uh, 15, sorry. <laughs> he won 15. But uh, so it's not that easy to peak because uh, so many things go into it. But we got to a point where I was peaking in the sense of performing well every time a major came around for a period of time. And I think my sum up of how to do that, it, it's an accumulation of mm. constant work in the right direction with very little setback, you know, is, is probably how I would say that, which takes time too, you know, you need, yep, you might just come out and have the feeling one week and you've done very little work and because you're talented, it's your week and you win. But to, to give yourself that chance over and over again requires a fair bit of sacrifice and discipline and commitment to, right, we're just going to start grinding and not stop, uh, which, yeah, everyone has their kind of time when they get that in their head and, and it goes for a while. You know, I think it's, it's for Adam, he made the commitment of saying, well, I, I want to focus on the majors. I think when you look at the tour, if you, when you look at a lot of players, they want to play, you know, you want to play well every week, but there's very few that really prioritise and say, I'm prepared to maybe not play a good event for the, for the purpose of, of practising and, and trying to peak at these, at these times. Um, and I think once, you know, he made the commitment, this is what I want to do when I want to play well. And of course he wants to play well every week, but, um, you know, specifically highlighting that you can go about making a plan for the individual to best best peak for that week. You know, and, and, and I th it, like Adam said, it it's an accumulation. I think back to, to 13 when he won that Masters, the the off season, there was there was a huge base formed. You know, there was a a lot of a lot of body work, you know, a lot of um, practice that went in that I feel like really formed a foundation to where you knew that that, that year there was, that he was going to be in contention. You know, it had all been trending in that way and uh, it was just, a, you know, a, a, again, a final push and a final, you know, a, a real focus. And uh, it, where all the stars started to align, you know, with your communication with the caddy, you know, at, at certain times and... Um, yeah, there are a lot of moving yeah. pieces to the puzzle. You know, our relationship, the caddy relationship, anything else you've got going on outside uh, of golf and what's happening at the golf course, your training as well. You know, all these things kind of need to line up. So it's a bit of a juggling act. I mean, it's not... We try not to overcomplicate it. I think that's the thing. We've got a lot of years' experience working together and I've got... 20 years playing out here to look back on results and history and what works and what doesn't. And I think that's what's going to my advantage at this point in my career. It's easy to see what works and what doesn't, mm -hmm. wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yeah. And that uh, makes yeah. it even simpler for us to yeah. figure out the next two weeks plan for the Masters. I mean, it's the most exciting time of the year for me. I love the Masters, obviously. And I like this practice, you know, I like to practice and actually given all the circumstances lately, I've been a bit under-practiced. But this is the kind of thing I like to do, so I'm excited for what's coming. So you mentioned you know what works and what doesn't work. What, what doesn't work for you guys? Well, I think, I think when you, you start, you, you, know, you see it right the way across the board, searching 
you know when you when you see a guy in in a in a place and you, you can see it with the with any athlete you know it's kind of like okay well they're out there looking for something that's just going to be the overnight little thing and and look, it can work you can see guys you know maybe put a new club in here or there and go out oh no, there we go that was it i won that week but um you know i i feel like the the base of just having a good set of fundamentals for adam knowing that okay do your repetition from this starting position and by by the time that the tournament comes it will be so ingrained and cemented within your system that you can completely you know you, the, the confidence in just having that foundation in the bank you know okay i can i can go out and just play relaxed you know it, it's you're not forcing yourself to overpower a, a hole or, or push uh, an individual hole. I mean, Augusta's a, a good example. I mean, uh, you know, I th Well, the thing is, at this point, 20 years in, I mean, we know my strengths. We know what my natural uh, gifts are of play in playing golf and not to ignore them and just go and f think there's some secret sauce out there that we're going <laughs> to drink and yeah. come up with a whole new plan. I mean, I've played golf a certain way for a long time quite well, and it's refining that. And then it's down to all the little 1% areas across the board from your equipment to your practice, your wedge game, your putting, your driving, you know, just just to refine them. And, and maybe it is a shaft change or maybe it's not, but once you're going beyond one and it's like, I'll try five, you don't even know where your start point was. So we try not to get too uh, complicated, but of course all this new technology is out there and it's impossible to ignore you know, guys all of a sudden hitting it 30 yards further and someone's putting like this and this guy puts a shaft in and he wins three times and you're like, what's that shaft? <laughs> you know, there's so much yeah. stuff going on. Uh, but you've, I think the important, it's fine to, yeah. you know, I'm excited about all this stuff going on. It's good stuff, but you've got to know where your start point is all the time. And I think Brad is incredibly good at reminding me, well, <laughs> what are you doing over here, Adam? Let's get back to what you're really good at and I think you know Adam to Adam's point it's you know it's worth investigating what what is going on you know okay is you know is there a new shaft that may better suit you but the thing I feel like to avoid is is throwing the baby out with the bath water we need a complete rebuild things haven't been going well right we're going to do something completely different. Yeah. You know, you've swung it this way for your whole career. You've had good success. I know we'll we'll rebuild the swing. <laughs> you know, that's that's what we don't want to be doing. Yeah, we don't do that. But on the other hand, you know, we uh, a decade ago, you know, my putting was so frustrating, and we did. We went in a completely different direction with the putting. It was time to just go right, fresh start, right. and you know, out came the long putter, and that was a complete. But there was a reason for that. The putting was incredibly frustrating to me, even though the year before I'd won twice. It was just the inconsistency. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. So we found what's consistent for me. We solved it that way. I think that's important to, to remember is that you are obviously an, an elite golfer. And for the rest of us out there, you know, we get so frustrated at, at certain parts of our games every, every single day. And that, that also remains true even at, at, your, at your level. Absolutely. I mean, the heart, the, the hardest thing or the obvious thing for me to try and relate, I play with amateurs every week in the pro-am, their expectations are so high, <laughs> even going out in a pro-am at a tournament on such a tough course, but 
really they shouldn't have any. I think it would be much more enjoyable if their expectations were zero that day because it's incredibly difficult. They're playing with one of the best players in the world out there and they don't get to practice. They right. work or they do yeah, what, they have a job. You know, and I spend all day doing this and I should be frustrated if I'm not doing a good job, but you know, their, their level of expectation is so high that they're just gonna miraculously, you know, hit drivers, right. hit drivers right down the middle of the fairway all day. Um, so the frustration is definitely shared, but generally, I mean, I just think remembering the game for the amateurs and lowering that expectation is a very nice thing. Of course you want to play good, but I actually would challenge everyone to that and say you'll play better if you just didn't even think about your score. And we don't, actually. That we, I'm not out on the course going, oh, I'm three over, I need to be one under, or I'm five under, I need to be seven under. It just, it just happened, you know, it's just going to be what it is, and it's really about, okay, here's this shot, I'm going to do my best on this shot. Yeah. So let's talk practically a little bit here. So we're on the range at the Floridian in South Florida. You have what club in, in your hand there? This is just a 56 degree sandwich. Is that usually where you start the, the practice? Yeah, I, I mean, I actually, yeah, 56 or 52, I change just because I don't, I think I'll wear one out if I just use it all the time, but start short. And uh, even on a day like today where we're just checking fundamentals, it's really about just flicking a few with the wedge and, and working, building the swing up and getting through the wedge and then going through the bag. And I would say generally that's what we do, just like a warm up, it take about 40 minutes maybe to get up to the driver. The body is fully opened up and swinging and Bragg can get a bit of an idea of, okay, let's see how that's moving as we keep going up eight iron, six iron, four iron woods driver and then come back and go right what what do you what do you see and what where do we start yeah do you hit every club in the bag when you warm up no no, no. some days i pick odds some days i pick even so it's it's and it's only based off trying not to wear clubs out but uh which is kind of silly anyway but um it's just to get a, a feel for each kind of length club and where that then sits in the swing. But I do always, I mean, if I'm going to play, I always finish with the club I'm gonna hit off the first tee and I rehearse that shot on the range and three or four of them and then off I go. Got it. I mean, it's interesting, you know, when you think about Augusta, cause you're playing the same course every year, which is unlike any other major. And so you can really refine that practice, you know, this is the golf course I'm playing. I know it now very well. What are the key shots? You know, what have I got to do that week? You know, and Ad, what would you say, you know, when you run through the golf course, is, is there anything, you know, is there any key holes that really stand out to you or? or... Uh, look, I think it's easy for me to see that the last 10 years, Augusta has become a driving golf course. And that doesn't necessarily just mean long. It means if you're in the fairway a lot, guys are having really good scores but it is helpful if you are a bit longer but you need to be in the fairway and then if you look at that and if you took the best driver to Augusta I'm going to say he's going to do really well and certainly when I won I was driving the ball great and I think it just opens up a lot more opportunity and takes away a lot of stress there's a lot of stress playing into Augusta's grip. There's stress off the tee too, but 
there's a lot of stress around the greens. It's an incredibly severe set of greens. And if all of a sudden the pressure's off and you don't have to hit some fancy cut shot off the pine straw around a tree and run it up a hill and where you don't have a lot of control and you're just plonking a seven iron into the middle of the green and then letting the green help you, it is a lot less stressful to play Augusta. Mm. You know, being in position off the tee is really key. So for sure, the focus will be getting out of this wedge in a minute and into some driving yeah. <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. You want to be tapering into game conditions. You know, I mean, you're not going to stick out there on Thursday. Yeah. So, you know, you better be, better be you know, get your reps in here now. I mean, an interesting thing is like we, we said about Adam's left hand grip over the years, it's had the tendency to be strong. And, uh, you know, Ad, you know you've, you've had little pre-shot routines with that over the years that have changed yeah. I mean, where's it sit you know what's the most comfortable way at the moment for you to be putting the left hand on yeah on well path? a lot of the time i mean for those who've watched me play i always preset the left hand and like this it was an easy way to keep it weak and then i brought it in and around and that may that may happen again over the next couple of weeks but just with where everything feels at the moment, it feels easy for me to put the club face down. It feels like I'm putting it down just a little more open than it's not, but it feels open compared to where it's been and then get the left hand on weak. It's still a conscious yeah. thought yeah. because I know I want that, that the left hand goes on weak and the right hand under it. Yeah. But I'm definitely moving on to the ball good and everything is on that soft flight at the moment, which I like a lot. So when we refer to a neutral grip, we're, we're referring to the left hand where you're standing here, Ben, you can see two knuckles on that left hand. You know, for, for Adam, we don't want to be seeing more than two and a half. And with the right hand, you want the, the V to be coming, you know, for Adam coming up down towards this right shoulder. You know, he has the tendency where that left hand would you'd probably see a good three to three and a half at times and when he does do that the first sort of alert sign for him is the ball ball flight the ball flight tends to come down he struggles to to hit it up as as easily and then the right hand will sit on top of the club with the v pointing more up towards the middle of his chest so we're just kind of just trying to get him now into that you know, you make a grip change, it is uncomfortable. Now's but the time. I've pretty to... much fought that forever. Yeah. And I mean, I've played tournaments with like, the, I feel like I'm not even holding. The, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to hold on to the club. Because when you go from a strong grip to a weak grip, it feels like you're not holding it. It's a horrible thing. Correct. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I know that yeah. Well, ben, yeah. Ben's got a yeah. strong grip. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows that, that place. Yeah. But it's. Uh, but irrespective of how it feels, it's just going to get a better result. So just I, trust it. Just trust it. Yeah. I'm actually, actually in 13. I remember we caught up in the February, and um, you know, for Adam, Adam had the ball position a long way back, and the and the left hand grip was very strong at that time. And there was no getting away from. Well, look, you're going to have to weaken the grip, and and the ball's need, going to need to go up. And and I remember him saying, oh, you know, it's it, it feels like I'm not going to hit a golf shot here. I'm not going to hit the golf course, but just swinging it and, and seeing the ball flight, 
it felt very uncomfortable but the ball was doing what he wanted it to do and I remember he actually went out then at Doral and I think he finished fourth that year playing from a very very uncomfortable position but just you know fully trusting okay if I know it might feel uncomfortable but just just swing here just swing from this setup and uh, you know he, he had a good result and that sort of set the foundation into the lead into Augusta all right, should we move up and hit a couple of woods and let's see whether... Where do you want to go? Three well, let's go to the seven real quick. Seven. I think it's interesting. People might be interested yeah. to see that... Yeah. Well, not just me, but a lot of tour pros are now playing seven woods. Yeah, why is that? I, I think that the technology is just so good now. They've got them where they don't just go straight up in the air for us. They've moved the weight around in all the right places and they're a little more versatile, I'd, I'd say, and I think that's why tour, tour pros are liking it, certainly. I've never used a seven wood before, but out of the rough, it's incredible. We can advance it further out of the rough, which is a big help. And then if you are in the fairway hitting into a green, the ball is just coming down from such a greater height than a three iron would be so so this replaces your three iron basically yes yeah. so you will not have a three iron at augusta it's un it's unlikely i'd say i mean i'm standing here thinking about augusta and the amount of times i hit a three iron off the tee is almost none but i could have a three iron uh, a three iron into 13 15 8 uh, where else? Maybe the second hole even. And all these par fives and the ball is just coming down to, at an angle to stop on the green. I think it's a huge help. So this has been in the bag about three months now. How far do you hit this? It seems like I'm hitting further and yeah. further, but it, we started out at about 240 and then I thought it was about 245 in the air for this club. Um, I hit a few longer ones as well, but you know, you want to be able to feel like it's got some versatility where I can make an easy swing and it goes 235 as well. And, but the nice thing is it's still up high and soft. And that's seeing a lot of seven woods in guys' bags now. Yeah, if the greens are firm at Augusta into those par fives, it, it does give you an advantage. But I think, I think the par fives at Augusta are key because you look at even a short hitter or you know, when Zach Johnson won, I mean, he played the par fives wonderfully, laid up, I think, on every occasion. And um, if you can capitalise on those par fives, it does tee up a good score. So that looks pretty good to me. And by pretty yeah. good, I mean like, you know, that's yeah, like me, a dream me, shot. Me too. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just making yeah. sure, just making sure, we're, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not we'll, totally crazy. No, we'll, we'll bag that. It's actually like a confidence builder. <laughs> on the days when I'm not swinging great on the range, warming up. Yeah. And I get up there and I get to the seven wood, it just seems so easy to hit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, now I find my swing a little bit. But you, you don't play a five wood, correct? No, right. no five wood. I, I kind of, my three wood is like a four wood. It's actually 16 and a half degrees. So, I mean, it's hard to gap out that top section because we're talking about a hundred yards between a driver and your first iron that you're playing and you've only got two other clubs to put in that hundred yards so uh, the forward is kind of a good balance for me and the three generally I'm a fairly low launcher kind of guy so that extra loft 
makes me swing into a spot I like and I don't try and force the ball in the air if the three wood was on the ground. Do you, do you think that you could possibly hit this at the fourth for Augusta, Adam? It's a long par three there. Yeah, if one day on the tee, if the tees go back and it gets to like 240, yeah. maybe a little breeze into, this could be possibly hit on the fourth hole. Um, again, it's, if it is, it's great because I feel a lot more confident to pull this out than a three iron and sure. with a tiny little sweet spot, if you know what I mean. What do you think the, the hole at Augusta that's changed the most would be made, you know, uh, from a difficulty standpoint? I think, well, I'm just throwing one out there. The fifth hole is probably the most challenging hole. It, it's, it's very demanding. I mean, they made it so much longer and really you'd love to just make a four and leave and go to the next. I wouldn't be hopeful of any birdies there, but I think they're kind of saying, like, if you can play it in one over or better, mm -hmm you're gaining shots on mm -hmm. the field. So it's one of those holes you just don't want to make a big number, mm -hmm. just want to survive. But you could, I mean, it's thinking about it, you could lay back with three wood off the tee and then hit a seven wood in if you, if you like. Yeah. You know, if yeah. Yeah. you want to take those deep, deep bunkers mm -hmm. out of play. I think there's a lot of options, the way you set your equipment up to yeah. how you play the course and just say, okay, it's not a birdie hole, but I'll give myself the best chance at par. Over the years, Adam, you've played around with this tee height. Yeah. What do you, what do you feel the tee height promotes in your swing? Well, definitely teeing it low has been effective for me in getting mm -hmm. the club back on top of the ball. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing for my swing, which you know. Yeah. And I think Brad was just trying to tell me to tee the ball lower. Well, no, <laughs> no, I mean, no certainly, you know, over the years, when you're chasing, let's say, length, you know, or, or not chasing length, but when you're optimising these days, uh, you know, there's certain launch conditions and spin rates that you're, you're trying to achieve. But it's interesting because I think, you know, ta some tournaments that Adam's played in the past where, you know, Trackman may have evaluated and said, oh gosh, you could get a lot more distance out of this. But the effectiveness of actually the, the ball flight in playing conditions, um, from teeing it low, what it promoted in the swing, um, you actually get better results. I think that the constant thing that we, we're working on is, is that you're actually playing the game. You, you know, it's not just about driving it long or, you know, you, you, you're, playing the, you're playing the game and what's the, the best way for you to shoot the lowest possible score? But for, you know, this is a great little drill. I, I think that for, for a guy that tendency might be to back up a little bit and the club starts to shallow out, gets a little bit inside. If Adam just hits a, a number of drivers from a low tee position, he really, really starts low. to yeah, really starts to feel what impact should feel like. Mm. Yeah, it just gets me more covering the ball this way rather than hitting up on it this way, which doesn't square the club face very well for me.
I think that's interesting because, you know, as a total novice, you know, I read mm -hmm. golf.com and golf digest and all these guys. And a lot of the tips say for a driver, you really do want to hit up mm -hmm. on the ball. Mm -hmm. But in this case, that, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Up creates launch angle, high yeah. and low spin. And that means long. Yeah. But it doesn't mean straight. And I mean, a lot of what my job is, is being straight too, as well as yeah. long is helpful, but straight is very, makes the game easy. It's more helpful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this session on the range. We'll be back tomorrow with Adam's reaction after playing his very first practice round at Augusta.